I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. KMOX is at your service. Welcome to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline, sponsored by Allen's Tree Service. Now, here's your host, Mike Miller on KMOX. Yes, folks, and Mr. Kelly, before you slip out, I see you have your blues hat on. Are you going yes. to the game tonight? Tonight I'm not. I've been to what? the last three. Wow. Yeah, But no, I don't have tonight's game. No tickets. No. I'm just wearing this because I didn't. Let's oh, you, you didn't wash your hair? <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Now, are you going tonight? <laughs> Cole has his blues cap on. That's, is that homemade? Yeah, wow. he's got a home knitted one. Whoa! Yeah. Whoa! Yeah, see, there's some talented people here. They're well, way beyond what you know you I don't would know about expect here, but <laughs> around, <laughs> right? <laughs> around someplace. Yeah. Anyway, folks, thanks for stopping by, and this is the. What is this? This is the second hour of the Garden Hotline. I'll be giving the tip of the trial shortly, and you can call 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120 with your questions, comments, or concerns. And thanks for having me on your show. And uh, guess what? If you weren't there, I would not be here. What does that mean? Well, if there wasn't any listeners, they'd say, well, the Garden Hotline's like that dead tree. Let's just get rid of it, run it through a chipper, and there it goes. I'd be gone. But anyway, how about questions of annuals, bulbs? You got some spring flowering bulbs you haven't planted yet? Whoa-oh. Better get them in the ground. Maybe consider putting them in pots and, you know, putting them in your garage. I don't know. You can try a couple different things. But if you haven't planted them yet, you better get them in the ground ASAP. How about your ground covers, your edibles, your house plants, your lawn, your perennials? With the perennials, like let's say you have some fall asters or fall mums or anemones or things like that, anything that blooms, let's say, sometime after early September, leave the foliage through the entire wintertime because that foliage is actually going to help you know, protect the crown of the plant. Other things that bloom earlier in the year, perennial-wise, you can go ahead and just cut that stuff off, whether it be hosta, whether it be ferns. Or that kind of. I actually have a variety of fern, which I don't even know where I got it. I can't even remember. But it's an evergreen fern through the winter time. It just kind of shocks me. So you don't know what you're getting. Sometimes I just probably picked it up. But how about your roses? Yes, this is a time of year when you should cut back your roses, hybrid teas, grandiflores, and things like that. You want to cut them back to about uh, 18 inches or so. And with those type of roses, you want to put about nine or 10 inches of mulch over the crown of the plant. So the crown means where the root system and the stems meet. But the shrub-type roses, like knockouts and things like that, you just treat them like a regular flowering shrub, a woody plant, and you know, only three or four inches around those. So how about your vines, your clematis, and things like that, or your water gardens? I'll share my thoughts, but please remember my answers, comments, and opinions is certainly not the only garden path to take, but strictly offered for you to consider. And Cole's producing today, and Greg's in the other room because uh, they've got to have two people here in case I go crazy. But anyway, 
During the week, I do something I call a walk and talk, which is a landscape consultation. I can come to your home. We can talk aesthetics. We can talk problem solving or whatever. You can go to my website, MikeMillerDesigns.com. On the homepage, my email address and phone number is listed so you can contact me. Also, I have I can email gift certificates if you'd like to have a gift certificate to give to someone. And uh, then they can contact me later on next year, and we can set up a time for them. So the tip of the trowel is a special recognition for individual group or situation that's made an impression on me, and it's brought to you by St. Louis Composting, 636-861-3344. And today's tip of the trowel is, guess what? Tracy and I both enjoy, we, do, we have some seasonal lighting on our house. But there are some people that do some spectacular lighting. So we've gone through, and we pretty much stay in you know, the South City neighborhoods. There's a couple different ones we go to. Uh, we had dinner for her birthday on the hill, so we went through, uh, through the neighborhood there. But uh, there, there are three houses that we have discovered. One we've known for several years. And what these people do, I don't understand exactly how this happens, but they have an FM station that you dial in with your car radio, and then this one gentleman has the music. He does everything from Mannheim Steamroller to uh, you know Trans Siberian whatever or whatever these you know. But the music and the lighting is all in the same beat. So there's three different houses that we've discovered that have an FM that you tune in when you get close to them, and then you can watch. Some of them don't, you know, they don't beat to the music as far as the lighting goes. But the people that go to this extreme measure, I don't know, what do you do? You rent, you know, an FM station or numbers or whatever for a couple for a month or two? I, I don't quite understand how that works. But there, some of them are effective, you know, a block or two away from where the house was. So anyway, they get the tip of the trowel. These people go to this effort to coordinate all these lights with the music that are playing, and all of them play at least five or six different songs, if not even a little bit more. And uh, it's just kind of amazing. And then all the other people that have done. Now, to be honest with you, I'm kind of I'm a little bit quiet, you know, wild and crazy, but more or less understated with many things. Some people have gone way over the top to the point where I can't appreciate it. Obviously, they do, so they're doing it for themselves. They're not doing it for me by any means. But all the seasonal lighting that people have out there, wow, we I'm impressed. As I said last hour, the thing that has caught my eye, you know, which I think we saw the other night, we saw three different ones, these giant dragons with wings that flap. I mean, whoa-wee. But anyway, if you do have any questions, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Back after these messages. This is the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with your host, Mike Miller on KMOX. Yes, folks, uh, welcome back. And 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Questions, comments, or concerns? There was a spot, I don't know exactly what it was, but they talked about this time of year being leaf burning time. You can In the St. Louis region, I don't think in Illinois you can burn leaves, but I think it's only one day a month that you can burn leaves. In the St. Louis area, you cannot burn leaves, so don't burn any leaves. I mean, sometimes it's like insane the amount of leaves, whether you you know have a service come by and pick them up. To, today, after the show, I'm going to be raking leaves in the yard. And uh, 
I mean, sometimes I have enough leaves in my yard to fill the yard waste dumpster. In the city, there's three different dumpsters. There's one for trash, there's one for yard waste, and there's one for recycling. But I've actually filled the one that was empty with leaves, and I had to get up in, inside the dumpster and stomp it down so I could get all the bags of leaves that I'd raked up out of my yard. But uh, maybe not as many today, but we'll find out. Cynthia lives in Illinois. Cynthia, how are you today? Okay, I'm nervous, so if I forget what I want to say, you understand. <laughs> <laughs> I'm nervous, too. Okay, I got, really, the longer I listen to you, the more questions I got. <laughs> we have an older home, and um, it's uh, we had a, um, the septic lines redone last year, mm-hmm. and uh, you don't do anything like... Uh, the people that put it in, they didn't. They told us to get another load of uh, dirt and you know straighten it out. Do do you do you do you don't do that or know any of your people that do that? I'm too lazy. Oh, okay. But oh, what you can do is you can call St. Louis Composting. They have com- They don't do it necessarily themselves, but they have companies that buy their product and then come out and do it. Uh huh. And I got I got my uncle's old walnut tree. And it's really seen its last days, and it's got, uh, I think it's got carpenter ants in it also. And where did, number one, where do they come from? And <laughs> and, and uh, if I dig it, you know, cut it down, get somebody to cut it down and dig it out, can I plant something else in that same spot, or do I have to move it away you know, because of the debt, the, won't the ground be kind of dead or something? Well, the ground won't be dead, but there will be a lot of wood. Even if they grind the stump out, the wood from where the trunk was can stay there and cause problems for anything that you would plant there for several years after even the stump has been ground out. And also realize the lateral roots going out, the gr- stump grinding has nothing to do with that. So those roots could stay viable for several years. So, in other words, they're going to be constantly put, you know, uptaking nutrients and moisture. And then finally, they what happens is a tree uptakes nutrients and moisture, sends it up through the vascular system or the veins. And then when there's leaves, the leaves use those nutrients and moisture with sunlight to create food. Then it shares the food with the trunk, the branches, the leaves, you know, making walnuts and the root system as well. So, but over a period of time, there won't be any you know, food made, so then finally the you know, root system will implode. But that exact spot, you cannot plant something right where that trunk was. No, don't bother. Okay. And, and maybe uh, mention to people, we, we have a, a red crimson maple, mm-hmm. and, a, a, and it's got like a spot in it, like something's in there, you know. And when we planted it, you know, when you're young, you don't think... And now we're older, and it's really close to the house. Ooh, yes, right. Yeah, and so maybe remind people not to do that because oh, yeah. I'm sure we'll have to get that cut down because uh, we have one tree by the, the 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 driveway that the lightning struck, and my mom, my dad, and my husband took and put that seal. Uh, what do you call it? The the when the Oh, shoot. Prune seal. Prune okay. Seal. Right. And they put that on there, and you know it grew back together. Really? Yes. It yes. probably would have done it anyway. I mean, the pruning sealer type thing, it helps a little bit, but it doesn't do all that much. Uh-huh. Okay, I got one more question. Okay. I have a big geranium that my daughter got us, mm-hmm. and I, I put it down, out, put it in the garage. So the garage is not heated, but, and anyway, 
can I take that downstairs and cut it off and save it? Would it be, you know, um, worth doing, or should I just forget it next year when I get a big one? Do that. Well, you can do you can do that. You can bring it inside, leave it as it is, and grow it as a house plant in a very sunny window. Or you can just, like I said during the first hour, my grandmother always brought her geraniums in and just set them in the basement. Some people say you got to give them light and this other stuff, but they're you know pretty tough and durable. Leaving it in the garage, it probably won't and in your garage get below freezing, so it should be okay. But I would probably have a tendency to at least bring it into the basement, if not bring it into the house and put it in a sunny window. In a sunny window, it's still gonna. I mean, it'll survive the wintertime leaves and stuff like that. Uh, patio French doors down the basement, so I can. That's where I put them all. Oh, that's uh, perfect. Yeah, yeah, and uh, also. Uh, the, um, do, do you think it looks kind of dead? Do you think it'll come out of it? Or, I mean, it's, it'll be okay? Or just water it and see what happens? Yeah, don't overwater it. You know, water, you know, maybe once a month at the most and just kind of leave it alone. Don't, no fertilizer, no nothing. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Certainly. I, thanks, I, Cynthia. I listen to you every day. So <laughs> well, great. <every> Saturday. <laughs> well, thanks for having me on your show. And now let's go from Illinois to St. Charles, and that's where Barb lives. Hi, Barb. Hi, Mike. Uh, questions about African violet. Um, I, uh, well, how can I make them really look great? I know they need bright light, but not direct, uh, to keep them moist and no water on the leaves. You run through, uh, how can I make them get big? <laughs> mine last about a year. And- <laughs> well, are you fertilizing? Uh, yes, some. How how often? Well, they should probably once a month or so. But get you know fertilizer specifically specifically right. for African violets. Right, I do. Okay, so ju- just do that. Follow the label yeah. during the winter time. Uh, about half the label rate as far as a fertilizer. Fertilize them pretty much year round, and but during let's say November, December, January, and February, about half the label rate. But uh, I would have a tendency if you really want them to grow a lot is, first of all, direct sun is not going to hurt them if they're protected by a window. Direct sun outside where there's no window or protection that way, they will sunburn. But inside, I'd give them as much light as possible and maybe even supplement the light with like a a fluorescent plant grow tube type thing to give them as much bright light as you possibly can. And that's probably what I would do. Also, if you're really interested in them, there is an African Violet Society, which, I mean... They're, I mean, some of the things they grow are just amazing. So you can contact, you can go to the Missouri Botanical Garden website, and then that will have a list of all the plant societies. And I'm not saying you necessarily want to go to the meetings or anything else, but just get in contact with these people because even if they have a monthly newsletter or something like that, they're going to have little tricks that may make a big difference to you. I'm embarrassed for them to see mine. <laughs> yeah, Is it necessary, uh, the soil they can't come in in those small pots, is it recommended to repot them in African soil mixture? Uh, not necessarily. You want them to be very pot bound. So, in other words, let's say you got you bought one and the pot's three inches across. You can expect the leaves to go out, you know, and be six or seven inches wide beyond that, you know, three inch pot. They want to be pot bound. So you don't want, and that's for the most part for most of the house plants, and especially ones that are going to be flowering. That uh, that soil looks so. Loose and right doesn't look like soil hardly. Well, it's potty mix, and right. they have to have a well-drained soil. If they don't, then they're gonna you're gonna stem rot, and they're gonna just be dead. 
But gone. you can keep them moist. It's okay to keep them moist? Not overly wet. You know, let them dry out a little bit in between all the waterings. Okay. Okay. I'll give it a whirl. All right. Thank you. Yep, good luck. And again, remember, the African Violet Society, you can go to the Missouri Botanical Garden website, and they'll have a list of how to contact them. Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline, back after these messages. Welcome back to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller, sponsored by Allen's Tree Service on KMOX. Yes, folks, if you're still interested in doing some plant installation, woody plants, trees, and shrubs, you can do it. Just make sure you dig the hole three times the diameter of the root ball, but only 80% is deep because you want the top of the root ball above the surrounding ground. Then once you get them installed, several, you know, a couple inches of mulch in place between two and four inches of mulch to protect the crown. Let's go out to Defiance, and we're going to Paul's house. Hi, Paul. Hi, good morning. Hi. Thanks for the call. Sure. Question for you. I have a pear tree that's probably eight years old. I don't know the variety of it per se, but uh, it does bear the fruit. And I want to find out, is this the right time of year or closer to spring when I can go about pruning it up? Well, basically, if you prune a you know, flowering tree that's a fruit-bearing tree, you're cutting off the potential flowers, so consequently you're reducing the amount of fruit you're going to get. Right. So what? So then it'll be better to prune it, what, uh, closer to the summer? Yes. After it bears? Or? Right, exactly. Okay. All right. Just wanted to check that before. Yeah, I you got a couple months it. after they bear, before they start, you know, chemically setting up, you know, internally the, flower, the let's say, the fruit-slash-flower buds for the following year. Excellent. Very nice. Thank you for your help and the time. I appreciate your service. Certainly. And now let's go to Bob's yard, and he lives in Hazelwood. Hi, Bob. Morning. I uh, had my yard resodded with uh, fescue grass Mm -hmm. in September, and I watered it every day for three weeks, and it turned out great and still is great. But I've really only watered it once since then, and the way, I don't know how much rain we've had, but it's like next to nothing. Should I be watering that now, I wonder? It wouldn't hurt. You know, go out, first of all, you could certainly water. You're not going to cause it any problems by watering. Uh, go out and just, you know, tug on the, the grass blades, you know, where the individual pieces of sod were, and make sure that they have actually anchored, the root systems have gone and anchored down into the soil. Because if they haven't, and we get a cold, you know severe cold spell, it could be some major damage to your side. It should be fine, but this is just one way to kind of give you, let's say, some assurance that the root systems of the sod have penetrated in the ground. Because root systems in the ground for pretty much anything, that's you know that's related to the hardiness of the plant, be it lawn, be it anything else. But yeah, I would go ahead and water, and I'd water you know every individual spot. For about uh, any place between a half hour to an hour. Okay, but if I can pull it, if I can't pull it up, does that mean I'm in pretty good shape? Yes, definitely. If you can pull it up, you know, like a, just a piece of carpet, that's not good. So, in right. other words, that means the root system from the side has not penetrated into your into the soil in your yard. And like I said, if we get a cold spell, it could really do some major damage to that. Fine. All right. Thank you very much. Yep. And the reason why I'm saying that, too, that's why they don't sell sod year-round, because sod farms know that, you know, extremely cold weather, you lay it on the ground, the sod, and the ground is really cold, but you had you got yours down early enough where the ground was still warm, so it should be penetrated in the ground. This is just a little test for you. Dale lives in Fenton. Dale, how are you today? Hey, fine, sir. Hey, thanks for your show, Mike. Certainly. Go, go ahead. ahead. 
Hey, I got some uh, creeping Charlie in my yard. I was wondering, is it too late to put Weeby Gone on it? Uh, herbicides, you know, for the most part, effectiveness. If you got it, I wouldn't go out and buy any. If you wanted to try it and see if it at least weaken it, it may kill it off. But for the, you know, we're kind of late for any kind of, let's say, weed control from an herbicide standpoint. So it doesn't hurt, but it you know may not do any good at all. Okay, I appreciate it. Yep. Thank you, Mike. And really remember that uh, you know getting the pre-emergence down—that's a great way to go about doing that. So, if anybody has any questions, three one four four three six seven nine hundred or one eight hundred nine two five eleven twenty. Other things that you need to be thinking about. I don't know if we're going to have any snow, ice, sleet, or anything like that, but you know for de-icers. Using the traditional rock salt is bad for your landscape as far as wherever it runs off to because it dehydrates the soil, and then also it can do some damage to your hardscape. So in other words, onto your, let's say, concrete, patios, sidewalks, and things like that, that's what you have to be really concerned with. So just spend a little bit more money, and rather than getting the sodium chloride, go ahead and get the uh, calcium chloride. It has 90% less dehydration. It's a little bit more expensive, but it's going to be worth it because of the damage that this traditional rock salt can do to your landscape, to your lawn, and especially along the edges of anything. It can, it's already problematic or hard to do because grow anything, lawn or ground covers or pretty much anything next to, let's say, sidewalks. Some of the ground covers can handle it, but because of the heat during the summertime, that bakes the soil. So we get a really difficult circumstance there. Let's go now out to Wildwood and go to Lynn's house. Hi, Lynn. Hey, um, I just had two comments real quick. Sure. A lot of people are always saying how their hydrangeas, hydrangeas do not bloom. Right. right. I have a large number of them, and I fertilize them every spring with a bloom booster specifically for encouraging blooms. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I've had luck with that before you rip them out. It's a thought. And I wanted to say, I know this is not good, but Channel 2 on their TV newscast puts their soil temperature with their mold index. So you know when it's time to put down your um, chemicals on your yard by their soil index. So in other words, you're you're talking talking about about fungicides. fungicides. Yes. Right. Right. And I didn't know if people knew that if they didn't have a soil t- uh, thermometer. Right. right. And the other thing is we're one of the crazy people that do the Christmas light show. You have to go uh, and get an FM transmitter that you buy or build yourself, and then you go online and you find a radio locator that's an available station. And they give you, they assign you the station, and then you have it for, uh, it's usually a short distance around your house. Right. right. So we love for people to come see our lights, and I know the people that do that put a lot of work into it, like you said. So thanks a lot. Well, great. And so in other words, you you have an FM station, so if people come by, they hear the music, and it's related to the... Right. And you program it all through your computer. Wow. You choose your songs, or you can speak over it or anything. Some people speak over right. the station. Yes, and... Uh, then you program that song to the rhythm or the movement of your lights. <laughs> Amazing. Well, it thanks for the insight. insight. I, didn't I didn't realize how that, that you know, people, people went, went through, through that, that process. process. So. Yes. Great. It's a lot of work, though. You're right. And it takes a lot of technology, and it's all through your computer. Wow. Okay. Have I'm a impressed. Holiday. Thanks, thanks Lynn. Lynn. Okay. 
Have a good holiday yourself. So let's go. Well, we, we probably should take a break. Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline, back after these messages. Welcome back to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline. Once again, here's Mike Miller on KMOX. Yes, folks, we've got about uh, 10 minutes worth of the Garden Hotline left. And then at 10 o'clock, Investing Sense with Adam or Andy Smith and Bob Richards. 11 o'clock, the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show with Scott Mosby. 1 o'clock, Rick Edelman Show. 3 o'clock, the Business of Family Business. And then at 4 o'clock, Health Matters presented by SSM Health with Fred Bonimer. So that's the lineup all the way up until Blues Hockey. If you do have any questions, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Charlie lives in Sunset Hills. Charlie, how are you today? Well, good morning, my good friend. I have uh, three three items I'd just like to enumerate on. Okay. Including the the nine-bark the holly and the trumpet vines. When and how much do we trim those back? Well, you're just pruning because you want to prune, or you don't. You're pruning because out of overgrowth or whatever it happens to be. Over overgrowth, Mike. Uh, Basically, with uh, are these deciduous holly or are these holly that hold on to the leaves? They hold on to the leaves. So I would not prune those going in. You know, from this point forward, prune those as we're coming out of winter time, but before the new growth starts. Pruning a broadleaf evergreen, and we get, you know, again, I keep talking about severe winter could do some major damage to it. The nine bark, and the other one, was was it a honeysuckle vine? Yeah, uh, yes, the trumpet vine. Uh, yeah, the red trumpet? Or, no, yes. okay, the can. Red, red yeah. trumpet. Okay. So with those, basically, you know, the nine bark, you're really not growing it for this flowering for the most part. So you can really prune that any time that you want to. And with the, the Campsus radicans, the trumpet vine, uh, summer, basically late spring, early summer bloomer. So you can prune that. You know, you could do it now if you want to. Or I, again, if, the, if you have the opportunity, I would wait until, you know, winter's over because we just don't know what's going to happen. On the trumpet vines? Yeah. Okay. Very good, my friend. You've answered it. Well, great. Well, thanks a lot. And, uh, yeah, any broadleaf evergreen, whether it's holly, whether it's the broadleaf evergreen, magnolia, azaleas, rhododendrons, any of that stuff, pruning going into wintertime is not advisable under any circumstances. So thanks, Charlie. And now let's go over to Sparta, Illinois, and into Nick's yard. Hi, Nick. Hi. How you doing today? Very good. Okay. Uh uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, there was a question about phalaenopsis orchids, mm-hmm. and I think the guy's concern was about watering. Now, my wife's had one. It's in the west kitchen window. It gets sunlight quite a bit. Right. I'm looking at it right now. It's got seven full blooms on it, just absolutely beautiful, and there's one or two buds coming out. Great. And... Uh, uh, the watering situation, this is what she's done. We've had this uh, probably two years, but they said once a week, just put three ice cubes into the pot. And uh, that's all she does. And, uh, you know, it looks good. Now, there's a couple old stalks on there, because all these are off of one of them, and that's all it ever puts out is one. Right. So uh, uh, do you trim those off or just leave them alone? Uh, basically, any kind of old stalk. I'm assuming this was a flower stalk. 
Uh, yes. Yeah, go ahead and cut those off because, I mean, you don't have to. They're finally going to get to the point where they just drop, you know, or bend over or whatever. And But you can cut them off just so you don't have to look at them. Oh, okay. Well, that's not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I just uh, I just think if it's doing fine, <laughs> don't mess with yeah, it. Yeah, right. You don't have to cut them off because, it, I mean, the plant will take care of itself. And as far as the watering goes, you know, three ice cubes, uh, basically you're talking probably maybe, a mm, let's say, each ice cube would be a little bit more than a tablespoon of water. But, yeah, definitely underwater the orchids because you get too much water on that bark. You could cause fungus problems on the bark. That could cause some problems. You know, with the root system, which is down in the, into the bark. Yeah, and uh, I mean, uh, you know, it's uh, like a uh, three, three, four inch uh, pot, right? Uh, and uh, uh, it's it's doing well. So perfect. Anyhow, I just thought I'd share that. Well, that's perfect. Thanks, Nick. Greatly appreciate it. Yeah, nothing is is better than success. That's why I always always tell people. You know, with one of the introductions, my garden path is not the only way to go. So if you've had success doing exactly the opposite of what I say, then, you know, hallelujah for you. Let's go to South St. Louis and in the Lynn's yard. Hi, Lynn. Hi, Mike. I have a, um, a fig tree. It's a house plant. Mm-hmm. And I've had it for many years. I put it out on the porch in the summer. And this year it was just beautiful. I brought it into the house in mid-October before the um, before the first freeze, right. and then um, I brought it, uh, it, and since then it has just lost all of its leaves, and I'm wondering if there's anything you can help me with to kind of you know, help the plant get through the winter. It's lost all the leaves, 100%? Uh, well, there might be seven or eight. There's not many. If if it's lost that many leaves and you've had this thing for several years, it's, you know, unfortunately, I think it's a goner. Okay. I mean, Um, there's not really anything you can do. I don't know if, you know, what happened, if it got overwatered or whatever, but if it was very healthy outside and you brought it inside, you put it where you normally put it historically and all that other stuff, so everything's pretty much the same? Yes. Yeah, so it may be just age as much as anything. Okay, is there any way for me to tell that? Can I scrape the bark or something? Well, or? you can. I mean, you could scrape the bark, and, it's you know, since it's probably relatively, you know, viable, you know, as far as that goes, it'll still be probably green underneath the bark. But if it's lost that many leaves, then it's not, that's not a good sign whatsoever. If it lost half the leaves, I'd say, you, you know, just cut back on the watering, don't do any fertilizing or anything else, and just let it stabilize. But uh, this does not sound good. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Yeah, sorry. Thank you. Yeah. So my guess is it's probably an age factor as much as anything. So let's go now to Mildred in Lebanon, Illinois. Hi, Mildred. Good morning, Mike. Hi. I have a problem, and that is that a couple of years ago, we had to dig out the the three knockout rose bushes that I had planted. I have a walkout basement, and the whole back of the house is exposed, and they were just perfect for the landscaping I had there. And I can't envisualize anything else there but those red knockout roses. In the interim, I put three large clay pots in those spots and raised tomatoes. That's not good enough. Is it time... 
or can I, after two years, plant knockout roses back there again? Why did you take them out in the first place? Because they they went through this uh, dying the top part, losing the the blossoms. Okay. And I, for two years, I cut them off, and they'd come back again and have a second crop of flowers, like uh, in September. But then I heard of all these people having this prob- same problem that I had, and they were really getting bad. That so I you know, assumed that they had this disease that you were talking about. Yeah, maybe rose rosette, is that what it is? Yes. Where it puts these purple stems out? Yes. Yeah, purple or dark maroon with lots of thorns. Basically, yes. that's a disease that's transmitted by spider mites. So once it, you know, it blew in and got on one of them, then it's going to be spread to the other ones because these spider mites are, you know, they're tiny little spiders, and they inoculate the rose when they you know, suck onto the stems. So, yes, there should not be any in the soil or anything else. This is an insect you know, spread disease. So you shouldn't have any problems at all by putting you know, knockout roses you know, next spring whenever they become available. I don't think I would not plant them this time of year, but uh, next spring you shouldn't have any problem at all. Oh, no. That's the best news I've had this Christmas. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. And yeah, the rose rosette, I mean, uh, once, you know, a plant has it, there's nothing you can do as you've probably, if you've listened to the show historically, I mean, they even got the rose rosette on their knockout roses at the arch grounds and even professional blah, blah, blah. They're there all the time and everything else. They knew they had to take them out. So they just yanked them out to keep it from spreading to other roses that happened to be on the arch grounds at that time. So no, there's really not too much else you can do. Just take care of your roses and, uh, you know, push them away from the house. But it sounds like the exact spots that you've had them, it works out perfectly. So good well, luck with that, I, Mildred, I, and enjoy the knockout roses. I think they're fantastic. And the nice thing is, too, you just fertilize them, you water them, and you should have, you know, bloom sequences, you know, throughout the entire summertime. I, one of mine, out of the four that I have growing in pots, it was a little bit better than the other ones, but still hundreds of blooms on them. And very, very low care. That's a nice thing about them. So, everybody, you know, have a good day. I mean, it's going to be 60 degrees. Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline. See you next week. You're home for Chiefs football. KMOX, KMOX HD, St. Louis. 102.5 KEZK, HD3, St. Louis. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.